What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network. She is Abby Schnabel. I am Noah Hiles. We are here, as always, to talk some college athletics week by week. It continues to get crazier, Abby. And I, I talked about this a little bit. Did we talk about this last week on our show? We did. We talk did. About it. Yes, we talked about it a little bit on our show last week. I talked about this a bit with Carter on our pit mailbag as well. Um, and it seems like every time we talk about it, the next time we get together, there's more to talk about. So since yep. we've last discussed this, our last show ran on Friday. Since then, we have seen two, three more teams leave the Pac-12 for the Big 12. We've seen two more teams leave the Pac-12 for the Big 10, meaning there are only four teams who are currently in the Pac-12 that if nothing else changes, which we know that won't be the case, yeah. but if nothing else changes, they will be the only teams in the Pac-12 next year. So there's just four teams remaining. Uh, that conference has been gutted. There's been rumors of a couple of those teams trying to leave, and can they even leave? And it's just going nuts every single day, it seems. Um, but we're going to focus with the with the local perspective here. Um First off, before we get into hypotheticals, I do think since, you know, we talk Penn State, we talk West Virginia, which core is the bigger addition here of these recent additions? So Washington and Oregon go to the Big Ten. Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah go to the Big 12. Who's getting the better package deal there? Um... Personally, I think it's the Big 12. Um, I think really um, and, and and you know, here's the thing is we know that I look at things from more of a basketball lens when I yeah. really shouldn't, especially with alignment, with alignment being more football related. Um, but I I mean I see how Oregon and Washington benefit the Big Ten, but they're not nearly as good of gets for the Big Ten as UCLA USC, which makes me look at Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah as huge gets for the Big 12 from a basketball perspective, simply because of Arizona. I mean, yeah. Arizona competes year to year. Um, it gives Kansas another team to really contend with. It, it strengthens the the basketball sides of things even more. And the Big 12 was arguably the best conference last year um, in basketball. And I, I think this addition only is going to strengthen that. Now, when you look at it from a football perspective, I think um, – both sides could be argued, but I mean, I think the Big Ten is the bigger football conference of of the um, of the two, and just adding Oregon and Washington State only adds to that. So it's Washington, not Washington State. Sorry, I think sorry. You know. No, I just wanted to correct I do, that for I do the listeners. Know. Yes, yes, yeah, I know you do. Um, I'll disagree with you for this case. If you look at it now, the Big Ten has successfully stolen the top four athletic departments in the Pac-12. If you if you were to say pound for pound, and, and granted, Arizona, aside from UCLA, is the best basketball program in the Pac-12. Um, but they went and got USC, UCLA previously, and then you add Washington and Oregon onto that. Those are four really good basketball schools yeah. too. I mean, granted, like Washington and Oregon aren't, what USC and UCLA are or, or what Arizona is, but I'd rather take Oregon and Washington's basketball programs over Arizona state. I mean, I think that they're all comparable to each other. Oregon state or Oregon has made some pretty deep tournament runs in recent history. Washington has produced some pretty talented players and has made the tournament a few times here and there. 
And those are two great football programs. And that's what yeah. this really is all about. So you just add, I think you added the, if you're the big 10, you now can say, we got the four best college yeah. programs out West. And sure, you can have Arizona. And I do agree. I mean, the Big 12 needed that. And what the Big 12 did, I think, with their move, I agree. It was more basketball-focused. Arizona State and Arizona have had their success years here and there in football. Utah is a great football program. That helps their football. But what you, do, what you get if you're the Big 12 by adding Arizona is a team to really rival Kansas yeah. for that dominant spot. And I'm not going to act like the Big 12 is just a Kansas-run league anymore. I mean, you look at Baylor's a, a marquee program. There's a whole bunch of others as well. Um, Kansas State, I could go down the list. But that's that's your second kind of – I mean, Arizona's not a blue bo- blood, but it's like right underneath Essentially, it. Essentially, yeah. Yeah, and so like that's, that's your second headliner. And so, mm. I mean, if, if you can't add – you know, with the Big Ten for basketball getting a headliner, a blue blood – they say, okay, well, we're still going to be the best basketball league because look yeah. what we just added for basketball. You added something good for football, but overall, I mean, Oregon and Washington, those were the two best teams I think any conference could have hoped to get. Yeah. And uh, the fact that big, the Big Ten gets those two after already landing USC and UCLA years prior, I mean, that's they they got first dibs. That that would be those would be the top four picks if anyone could select. So I that's think I, was- I think the win there. I think I was also thinking of it from a perspective of, yes, obviously we're looking at realignment from it's really benefiting football and really benefiting basketball. But I really think getting Oregon and Washington hurts the non-revenues of Big Ten more than getting Arizona State, Arizona and Utah from the Big Ten. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong there. But what I will say is it does help in the sense where you can at least kind of do a road trip with your scheduling now. Fair. I think and that's that's something that scheduling is just going to have to be different <laughs> in college yeah. sports. It's just not going to be you play it like for the the Olympic sports, you play on a Wednesday, you play on a Saturday. It's going to have to be treated kind of like baseball where you have a West Coast road trip. And if yeah. you're the Big 10, if you're Rutgers, if you're Northwestern or if you're whoever, Penn State, it's okay, well each year you'll probably have to play at least two to three of these mm-hmm. West Coast teams in the Big Ten. And it's, okay, we're going to start off in Washington, then we're going to go to Oregon, and then UC- USC and UCLA. And you knock that out in like a 10-day trip. Yeah. And that's not crazy unmanageable, I think. It, but if you schedule it that way, which is the way they're going to have to do it, because yeah. making them just go to one place and then come home is stupid. The it problem, makes no logistical sense. The problem there, though, lies in, um, you know, they are student athletes. And being Correct. away from the campus is, for 10 days is is crazy, in my opinion, when we sh- there should be an emphasis oh, on academics. Yeah, I mean, but I understand yeah. that this, this is more we're about the dollar We're talking logistics, bills. not logic. You know, yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's how it goes. And, and I do think that it was important, I think, for both, of, especially the Big Ten here, because – the Big 12, I mean, if you look at these additions, they bring in Colorado. Colorado's already been a Big 12 school. Mm-hmm. They're not adding that much of a logistical no. challenge as far as, you know, travel. I mean, Arizona and Colorado and, and and Utah, I mean, they're far, but you're not talking East Coast to West Coast three time zone differential yeah. travel. Like, and, and just to only have two of those schools with UCLA and USC, 
I think having more of them actually makes it easier. Yeah. So it makes you can more sense create, sure. you can create certain divisions or however they're going to do this, where you can kind of eliminate that whole, we're just going out there for a random game on a Wednesday. And yeah. I think this makes it a little bit better. So it's, it's big for the big 10, I think, to just get those two extra schools, not only for logistical and planning purposes, but just because it's, they're good athletic departments. So I think the big 10 is, you know, continuing to win here. Although the big 12, that was one of the leagues on life support and it looks like it's going to stick around. So credit to them. And it's crazy to think about how I, I probably would have argued that the big 12 was going to be the one that was going to kind of dissolve. Um, And then it's kind of crazy that just in the span of a weekend, we've watched the pac 12 just die essentially. Yeah. and, And at this point, I don't know. Is it even worth <laughs> keeping around? Because uh, they don't really have a great media deal and uh, they don't have any staples. So we can transition there. Uh, there are four teams remaining in the Pac-12. Two of them want to join the ACC. Now, it doesn't seem that that, that want is mutual with all the athletic directors and, and athletic figureheads within the current teams, the the 14 full-time members in Notre Dame, which we'll talk about here. Um, there's mixed reviews. I think they, I read that they need 12 of 15 schools to vote. Yes. I, I don't think that's going to happen. That's based off of what I've heard. That's based off of reports that I've seen as well. Mm-hmm. And it's simply because those two teams that are in the mix, Cal and Stanford, they're not bringing to the table what the other teams that have left recently Washington, Oregon, Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado. They don't have that brand right now. So, <laughs> Abby, I have two questions for you about Cal and Stanford and their their desire to get to the ACC. Question one, will it happen? Question two, should it happen? I'm going to answer should it happen first, um, and I think no. And, you know, uh, going off of the logistics standpoint, which is where I am standing firmly in, is – the ACC is the Atlantic Coast Conference, and adding a team that's on the West Coast is kind of insane. And I know we're we're blurring lines a little bit here um, as we really get into conference realignment, but it just doesn't make sense at all to add those two teams when every other team in this conference is all the way on this side of the country. Um, so that's aspect of it. And then also, like you said, it just doesn't really make sense when when what are these two teams going to add that isn't already in the mix in the ACC? Um, and the only thing that I can think of is uh, gymnastics because Cal has a pretty great uh, women's gymnastics program. The ACC just started gymnastics, but that's not enough to warrant a whole comp or a whole team no. or joining a conference. Um, so it just and I know we're not looking at logistics, we're looking at dollar bills. And at this point, I don't see why the ACC, these ACC teams would want to share any more than they have to with um, a lot of them already being disgruntled about their media deal. So from that aspect, uh, I mean, there's just so many cons and not enough pros, in my opinion. And then the will it happen... I wouldn't be surprised if it did um, just because at this point you're really you're a lot of teams and a lot of programs are grasping at straws. How do we stay relevant? Can, can we um, 
beef up our our media deal by adding these two teams because you are adding some California markets that you didn't necessarily have before. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it did. It doesn't make sense. But at the same time, a lot of this has all been kind of not making sense. And the other thing I have to say is, you know, these other teams that have left the Pac-12, there weren't rumors that it was going to happen. It just happened. Yeah. Whereas right now we're in the rumors phase of Cal and Stanford, which makes me think that it's not going to happen. Yeah. On the note of, I think what you brought up uh, on the concept of sharing the revenue, that's a great point. And I think that that's why you look at someone like Oregon and Washington, where it's, they're welcomed in because they're going to add value. It's like, okay, we were going to get X amount of eyeballs with the group that we already had. Now we're going to add in two programs that people like watching. Yeah. We're going to add in Arizona and Arizona state and and Utah where sure, not all three of them are really going to ever be on the same page for football or basketball, but between one of those three, you're going to have a top 15 team, probably three out of five years. And between one of those three for basketball, you're going to have a top 10 team more often than not four years with Arizona, just probably filling (laughs) that role every single time. Um, And just also, it's the stigma, I think, that is connected to Cal and Stanford, where you look at where the game is going now for college sports. It's a money game. It's They don't, like you said, you don't care about travel. And it's about who has the eyeballs that can make a TV Mm -hmm. deal even sweeter, who is doing right with NIL, which will allow them to compete. And those schools, they're academics first. And you can point to other schools that are quote-unquote academics first, like Notre Dame and Michigan and, and others. But if you're not a blue blood power, like those two schools that I just mentioned are others, you're not going to do well in this NIL era. And if you look, I mean, and Chris and I talked about this earlier this week on the mailbag, look at what Stanford football has become compared to what it was. When I was in college or, or even in high school, their quarterback was Andrew Luck. He was the first overall pick. They had Toby Gerhardt, who was a Heisman finalist. They had Christian McCaffrey, a top 10 pick. I mean, they they were competitive in the big in the in the Pac-12 year in and year out. And since this game has evolved into it really just becoming semi-professional athletics, really, in football, uh, and and having to, to really think about NIL and other things like that. And with the transfer portal, Stanford's been left behind, and so is Cal. And and what are they going to bring to the table here if the ACC brings them in? They're not going to be competitive. They don't have a crazy loyal fan base. And like you said, it's just going to create more logistical challenges. If I'm the ACC, I'm looking at teams in the AAC to add. I'm looking at SMU, which there have been reports about SMU. I'm looking at Tulane a team that just won a New Year's Six Bowl this past year and that will probably start the year ranked inside the AP Top 25 again. I'm looking at Memphis, a team that has one of the most interesting head coaches in basketball in the country with Penny Hardaway and a football program that's played in some big bowl games recently. I'm looking at, I don't know, Southern Florida, someone like that, where we could just add another team that's at least in a state on the Atlantic coast. And there, there are other options here that I think are easier to travel to that are going to be more competitive and just have better overall brands. 
Now, the the one known advocate for these two teams, and this is where we'll <laughs> wrap it up, is uh, Notre Dame apparently is pounding the table saying, let them into the ACC. They'll help our academics. Well, here are my thoughts on that statement. <laughs> Notre Dame, no doubt, great academic institution. And they're one of many. Well, I can't even really say that. They're, they're kind of one of many great ac- academic institutions in the ACC. But my, my message to Notre Dame would be, well, if you care about academic institutions in the ACC, why don't you join the ACC full-time and mm-hmm. save all these other great academic institutions like Duke, like Virginia, like Boston College, like Pitt, uh, that are at the risk of really getting screwed over should Florida State or Clemson find a way out through the grant of rights. So Notre Dame could fix all of this if they want it, but they'll never do it. And they're smart to never do it. Notre Dame is sitting beautifully here. They're making all their money. They don't have to worry about, we'll travel wherever the hell we want to go. That's where they're thinking. And that's what's going to happen. And they get to get their little smaller slice of the pie for the ACC. But for them to sit here and say, oh, add it into the ACC because it'll help our academics. Well, that's very easy for you to say, rich team that doesn't need this league's money and rich team that will be completely fine if all of this league goes belly up because the Big 12, the Big 10, they will welcome them in with open arms, either one of those leagues. And it's going to be the Big 10, let's be real. So if they ever, if the ACC does dissolve and Notre Dame needs a league for its other teams aside from football, that's where they're going to go. And they'll even get richer. So they could sit here from their place of privilege and say all this stuff now, and that's great. But if you truly cared about preserving academic institutions in college sports and college football, you would join the ACC and you would drive that monetary value up for everyone. And, you know, you'd be looking out for your fellow academics. Isn't that right? Fighting Irish and brand. (laughs) Anything to add on that? Noah's very passionate about Notre Dame. Which is stupid. I mean, (laughs) yeah, no. Yeah. And like, Again, I'm not like a Notre Dame hater. I think, and again, I think what they're currently doing is smart. The, to, they look like the biggest geniuses out of anyone right now. To, to remain independent saying, we're a big enough brand where we can get our own money. We don't need to depend on a conference media deal. We don't need to depend on bringing in other teams to our league for us to be rich. We're just going to keep being rich. So, and then they'll take whatever scraps they can get from the ACC for all their other sports which aren't scraps. I'm sure they get a pretty good slice of it. It's not 40 million like the full-time members are getting, but it's still something. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're in a great spot. And for them to be the ones to speak out here, it's like, it's like a part-time employee trying to tell full-time employees how a company should run. Yeah. Like, shut up. <laughs> just crazy. Uh, yeah. I mean, just to think even a year ago, like you, you, like just how much has changed in realignment and I don't know if it's for the better or for the worse but I guess we'll see here uh fairly soon I agree well that's all we got uh Abby any final thoughts before we uh call it a show nope nope yeah I think you you summed it up pretty well thank you very much well hit that subscribe button if you haven't already folks and keep tuning in we'll have more Pittsburgh sports content on the post-gazette sports now YouTube channel take care Thank you for checking out this content from Post-Gazette Sports. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Apple Podcast channel for more podcast content. Click below for a special deal of 99 cents for a three-month subscription to the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.